How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. What was the selfish girl thing? Uh, I was just looking at Aunt Lydia clips. Oh, cool. Blessed be the fruit girls. How are your levels? <laughs> Pretty good. good, I think. Yeah. In a good place? I think they are, yeah. Okay, good. Okay, well, welcome to episode 13. <laughs> no, I'm not ready. It, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's episode 13. DVDs isn't it? at my feet. Yeah, I've got DVDs at my feet. Sorry, just cleaning the DVD. Yeah. Ah, no, I'm good. Are you good now? Okay, well, take yeah. two. <laughs> Sydney and Melbourne. It's full disclosure. The Jono and Dorge podcast. Jono and Dorge. Full disclosure in the raw. Raw, raw, raw. Jono and Dorge. Full disclosure. No holds barred. No holds barred. Welcome to episode 13 of Full Disclosure. Jono Burns, how you doing? Lucky for some. Very well, Dodge. Very excited to make it to 13. Episode 13. That's right. Yeah. And we're rocketing up towards 1,000 listens, uh, the, the big 1,000 mark. So um, hopefully we'll be able to get there before episode 14 clicks over. And what a great special guest we had last week. Were you happy with uh, Jamie's work? Yeah, he was, he was fantastic, Jamie Timoney. Very awesome. charismatic. Yeah. Very charismatic. Yeah, I thought he had your number. Right, I didn't know it was a competition, but um, yeah. Did you did you end up catching up with them at all, or, or has that happened? You no, seem pretty keen to he catch hasn't up. Return any of my calls. I'll I'll keep you updated. I I think I'll throw a line at him because I'm working uh, in Thornbury this Thursday, so I will try and get in touch with him. We'll see. We'll see if he if he's a man of his word and he wants to catch up with me every day. Wouldn't hold Thornbury your breath, mate. Wouldn't hold Wednesday. your breath. Would not expect him. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you reckon could hold their breath longer out of the two of us? Uh, I used to practice in the bath. Did you used to do that or not? Yeah. Did you do that? No. <laughs> well, I, also- I used to practice something else in the bath. <laughs> no, that's, that's unnecessary. Um, Cleanliness. We don't need to go there. Uh, I, no. Surfing. Surfing, I used to do, because of surfing, I used to have to hold the breath a lot because it got pounded by the waves, by the waves. Oh, yep. And um, I think that via that, I would have had pretty good, pretty, but having said that, I also punched out a lot of bongs in my youth, so that might have... <laughs> Might have ruined that. Is that part. your full disclosure for the week that you punched <laughs> no, out? I think, I think most people can get that from talking to me that I punched out a few too many bongs. It was mostly, uh, it was all the rage back in Perth from uh, the buckets were the rage, actually, all the rage from about 16 through to about 20, 21, 22. There was one it's guy. Like pretty much then, yeah. There was one guy that used to have a. <laughs> what bong to look? All right, sure. One guy used to have this it. house. His dad was a, a NASA scientist, and so his, his parents yeah. loaded, and they just left him in this huge house, which had a basketball court in the back, a uh, Nintendo setup, and I'd Say there's a whole bunch of us that you know. Thankfully, I managed to pass, but lots of us just spent whole a whole year and a half, two years, our first two years of uni, just getting wasted and, and playing basketball and 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 Mario Kart. So it was pretty pretty sweet. But like real basketball, so you'd play basketball, uh, like not virtual basketball, real basketball, but then Mario Kart. So you'd mix it up. Yeah, yeah. Like a- we get stoned and then we yeah. play basketball in the backyard and then we play Mario Kart. It was four four player Mario and and Bond, of course. That was all the rage. Back then, but there, there, some friends have pointed out that he never had a chance. That guy, I mean, you know, in terms of reaching his potential, being left with this amazing pad. There used to be about eight cars parked out the front. All you'd, you'd rock, all rock up, and um, 
Basically. What, they'd go to Houston They'd because that's where NASA is. is. Would his parents go to Houston? I think they were somewhere like that. Yeah, yeah. He, 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 it was a great pad in East Fremantle. I won't name any names, but it, basically it was, just, it was just terrible timing for him because he was quite intelligent, but he just wasted George, his- George, yes, go on. speaking of really riveting stuff about <laughs> you and Bongs, but <laughs> speaking of naming names, I, I think we should give our first shout outs to some loyal uh, listeners. Yes. Yeah, it's, they are the wings beneath our-, our the wings? Yes. No, the wind beneath our wings. Have we ever told yeah. you you're our hero? That's well, you're right. our hero. M- Maddie Connors, thank you very much. Uh, Hank. Maddie Connors, big raps. Uh, you two wonderful boys, uh, Tommy and Harry. Uh, and, and these guys are actually related to Cousin Tim, who has, still hasn't listened to more than three minutes of our podcast. So, thank you so much. Harry, I hope your knee gets better. And uh, looking you're forward to maybe- everything I uh, would like to be. <laughs> who else? Uh, Pete Braden, thank you very much. Uh, Peter James Braden, Harrison. you're my hero. <laughs> uh, who else? You're made at the SB- at SBS? Jeremy Gilroy, you're my hero. And, and of course, our sisters and our partners. Because you are the wind beneath my wings. Fly, fly, fly. There you go. <laughs> You're in a great mood. This is this is this is going to fly. This this podcast. <laughs> Funny. Where'd you get that word from, mate? This is coming out of nowhere. Fly. That's weird. Um. Yeah. No. And decent, <laughs> decent Nick, mate. Just had a. I'm drinking a fantastic lemon. Um. You know one of those lemon flavored drinks. You know I'm into lemons. Uh-huh. Um. You're it, sucking on a lemon. It's put you in a good mood. <laughs> I just think life gives you lemons, mate. So I've just been better than fucking a melon. And sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Got a bit of feedback about that, and I apologise. It was Georgie's idea. He said you should put this. <laughs> no, it wasn't. You could, everyone could hear from my reaction. You wanted to show the footage. You wanted to show the footage. No. I was like, no, we'll just do, we'll just do the audio of it. But um, there'll be none, no more of that. This is going to be a highbrow episode. People pointed out that normally we go downhill f- towards the back end of the uh, episodes. We started out yeah. with just complete yeah, a man fucking a melon. <laughs> Which yeah, I apologize. It was all my yeah, idea. It was not, Medicine Man who yeah. who passed it on. But yeah, that was a real that was a real horror you video. Corrupted so. it. We, we, we were accused of being highbrow at one stage with references to Nietzsche. <laughs> That's no one's accusing us of being highbrow now. I can tell you that straight away. Oh yeah, shout out to Tommy as well. The, he, he, who did say we were a bit highbrow. Um, Tommy yep. the yeah. Why don't you Tommy the builder. make him sound like a real Neanderthal man, mate? Why don't you just give him a shout out? While <laughs> oh, he's he's a real knuckle dragger. That bloke. <laughs> no holds barred. The shout-outs are important, but also what's very important to the world right now, more, the, probably the most important thing, is the World Cup, which was decided this the morning. John, how did you end up getting up and watching watching the game at all? I did, and, and this will be like my kind of full disclosure. Like I've just had a few... Uh, watching the World Cup, I've kind of been attacked a few times, so I just want to keep you up to date with that. I've had a few kind of unwanted advances, like our um, episode eleven. Wait, I think you're wrong uh, episode, mate. We're in uh, episode thirteen now, so possibly. Yeah, a bit I know. Late. Well, I mean, just, 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 um, you know, for the, for those those that remember all the the themes. Basically, mm. I've been watching. I've been watching it all, George. I've been loving the uh-huh. World Cup. Uh, but um, on the way to the England, what was the game that England? The last game that England won. So I got a um, an Uber pool to watch um, England versus. All right, yeah, Sweden, Sweden, Sweden. Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you said sweet. No, Sweden. Yeah. So, all right. 
So, so I get in an, an Uber pool to, to go to St Kilda from Carlton, which is quite far away. And Uber pool's the new ride sharing, which is right up my alley because, you know, I love talking to people and they kind of have to talk to you in an Uber pool. It's my second ever Uber pool, England, Sweden, in St Kilda at uh, my cousin's uh, place of work, which is a youth hostel. So I thought there'd be a lot of uh, barmy army types there. Oh, in Swedes, the, no doubt. The, the, Banking on a few Swedes, were you, mate? Uh, well, no, and there were no Swedes there either, but spoiler alert. But but we, I, I get in the Uber and it's this lovely uh, dude from Ethiopia and we're having a bit of a chat. My cousin actually is Ethiopian who works at the youth hostel, so I've got that straight off the bat to tell him. Plus, I know a famous Ethiopian contortionist who you've met as well, and so he knew her because it's a small community and we're getting on great. We're having a bit of banter. I was like, oh, Uber pool, how good is this? You know, it'd be really great is if you had a pool in the back of your car. And he's like, yeah, but the car's not nearly big enough. <laughs> and he's got this weird kind of tick after everything he says. And he was like, uh, like a little laugh, you know, when people have like that. And so he was like, yeah, how cool would it be if in the back of the car I had like a pool table <laughs> like this? And I was like, yeah, that'd be cool too. And we're like having a great time. And I was like, who are we picking up on the way? He says, we've got to stop by the city. Oh, and I should have told you, six bucks. It costs six bucks from Carlton to St Kilda, usually 30 bucks. So awesome stuff. We stop in the city and it takes ages to rendezvous with these uh, people that yeah. we're looking for. Probably 15 minutes. So it's a bit of a downer. Uh, kickoff's about to, to go. And finally, these two women uh, get in the back of the car. And from the, from the get-go, it's okay. Like, they're both Kiwis. One of them works in a clothes shop. One of them works, uh, she's an air hostess. And we're having a little bit of uh, banter with them, but they seem very drunk. And um, they seem a bit pissed off that they were at the wrong corner. And um, one's visiting the other one from Christchurch. And then she starts talking about, um, like, that she'd love... I won't try and do the Kiwi uh, accent, but she's just very inebriated. And she's like, I'd love a, a black baby. And he's like, Oof. oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, and then she goes, or maybe a... Um, a half half baby Oof. is that wrong and he's like oh no not not wrong at all <laughs> and then so now i'm just kind of looking ahead like i don't really know what to do i don't really want to talk to these two anymore and then i can feel um a hand on my on my curls i've got quite curly hair and, and flicking through my curls i'm like fuck what do i do i don't really know what to do here i just ignore it but it, it happens enough that i have to turn around and uh through my fury, just say, excuse me, can you stop playing with my hair? She's like, oh, sorry, is that offensive? Oh, I didn't mean to do that. Oh, oh, no, sorry. And then she starts doing it again. She goes, look at your noodle hair. It's not very, it's not very clean, is it? I'm like, oh, fuck, I really don't know what to do. Like, I really am not sure how to handle this situation. But I turn around and the best I can say is it's a shame that uh, the riders can't rate each other. And uh, I think at that point, her mate kind of like went, stop it, you know, because she actually was worried that maybe she'd get a bad rating, rating or something. But then it was just dead silence in the car. It was just super awkward. Um, and um, she, she called me noodle hair a few more times. <laughs> and then <laughs> she was a bully. She was basically a massive bully. Uh, and then, um, and then we, we stopped and they're like, oh, this isn't the pub. This isn't where we want to go. Because in Uber pool like it's not perfect they don't they don't they they drop you about 15 within 15 kind of oh, 120 meters or something away from it but they couldn't get that in their head and they're like but we don't know where we are and he's like he's like didn't care and uh and then we deliberately told them the wrong way because uh, we looked on the maps but it was so awkward so that was that was one um 
Now, hold on. Unwanted. Well, let's, wait a second. Let's just unpack this a little bit, okay? Yeah. You, we didn't let unpack. Timony get away with his without a bit of unpacking. So how old were yes. they roughly? Um, they were probably mid-20s. And you said she physically bullied you. Were they bigger than you? She was. I didn't want to. I didn't want to get into that. But she, yes, yeah, she. The the bully was quite big. Well, you just yes. say they were bigger than you. They, they were bigger than you. Would you say you? No, if, the, no. The friend who lived there wasn't bigger than me, but the the bully was quite big. So if you were say if you were in a boxing match, she would be in a heavier. <laughs> would she be in a heavier weight division than you? She'd be heavier than me. I'm about seventy two kilos. You're, you're, you're very know, small. Very You'd be like a bantam weight, I assume, something like that, or featherweight. Not or true. Something. No, you, you know? uh, not true. <laughs> Mayweather's like is lighter than me. Is he? Yeah, what, what? yeah that, he is a lightweight though. Yeah, you're yeah, a bit of a lightweight. And so, and then the noodle hair thing. <laughs> what, what do you think? You're your intellectual ha- lightweight, mate. <laughs> Would you say your hair was particularly dirty that that day? <laughs> did you think perhaps you brought it upon oh, so yourself? So I deserved it, did I? Uh, yes, my hair's very dirty. I don't really maybe wash give it, it a wash, mate. Maybe if you gave it a wash, oh, you wouldn't and then be I won't get you... bullied in the Uber pool. <laughs> maybe she wouldn't call you Noodle Head if you if you if, if you or if you thought about straightening your hair. Fucking you, you'd like Noodle Hair. I knew that's a problem. I tell it to people and they laugh when they say, like the 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 driver laughed, but I thought it, maybe it was just his twitch. But maybe he also. No, I, I'm not. I'm with you here. There was that time I got ravaged by a, an ex girlfriend uh, when we broke up, and I got hit in the head with a with a chain, and people pissed themselves well, that's laughing. That's obviously worse. But they people laugh. People think it's really funny to, for guys get brutalised by um, by women. I don't know <laughs> she why. She never brutalised me. Well, but I thought yeah. if I did kind of like get more belligerent. Well, noodle noodle, noodle hair is pretty scarring, face. mate. I don't know if you'd be able to sleep at night. Are you okay? Have you recovered from it? I mean, it's pretty damaging. I, did, I tell you how I sleep at night. I sleep on my noodle hair. I sleep <laughs> my soft pillow. I guess you could say you really bounced back then from it, eh? With a little bit of a trampoline yeah. effect from the yeah. old scone. All right. So, moving right yeah. along. So, with- then I thought after that. I thought after that, and then and then also there was no vibe at the youth hostel anyway because just backpackers are, are a bit tired, uh, and, you, you know, and so they were just kind of like they roared when England won. They weren't tired of your shit, was it possible? I mean, I'm, <laughs> I wasn't. It's random. For, backpackers are normally full of energy. They've got a lust for life. Well, just, knackered backpackers doesn't normally go hand in hand. You didn't try your. Bo- this was a knackered backpackers. What, you didn't try any bomb bomb on the bus routine or anything like that, did you? Just dampen the spirits. <laughs> That's a callback when I yelled out, there's a bomb at the bus at, in the Syrian game. And I, was, I also remembered I was yelling out some other funny stuff, like, um, like I was yelling out, hold, like doing Braveheart good. calls. Always good. And like, build a wall. Build a fucking wall. Solid. Wasn't it all just bomb on the Solid. bus. It's good basketball reference. But anyway, so I thought after that, I'm going to, um, I'll just watch at home. Yeah. You know, I've got SBS on demand. Yep. I can listen to the dulcet tones of Dorgy Swallow. You're pretty much on every every second ad on SBS at the moment. So, yeah. that's comforting. That'd be like I'm watching with my mate. And um, so, for the next game, or for, for Belgium, uh, France, I just got up at 4 a.m. and um, woke up, made myself a coffee, uh, turned it on, and fucking, it wasn't buffering. SBS on demand wasn't buffering. And I've obviously had a long-running um, <laughs> dispute with Optus anyway, and there's lots of note... <laughs> Lots of notes about against my name, so I rang up on the wall next to the next to the laptop. <laughs> to the clock, so I, I was I was furious, and so I rang up Optus, and uh, he gave me the maybe you should just plug in and unplug the device. And uh, I was like, Have you seen the notes? Do you see the notes next to my name? He goes, Yes, I see. There's a new modem. You've got a new modem. I was like, Listen, just make it faster. He's like, Have you tried switching it on and off? And I said, Fuck, fuck Optus, fuck you guys. Just write that down. Just write. Fuck Optus. I've had enough. I'm done. I'm done with Optus, okay? Fucked us. 
and hung up and then tried to go to bed because I couldn't watch it, watch it, but I just had a massive coffee. So the worst sleep. And um, mysteriously, Dorji, now SBS On Demand doesn't work on my computer. Do you think they could have turned off SBS On Demand? No. Do you think he's just like, fuck that guy? <laughs> not only will I not make it fast, it doesn't log. So now I don't have SBS On Demand. And so then last night for the, for the final, the World Cup final, I was texting around and no, none of my mates wanted to, wanted to watch the game. I, I didn't try too hard, but I tried a few people. And so I was like, I can't watch it by my, I can't watch it at home. Uh, none of my mates want to watch with me. So I just felt like an absolute loser. A noodle. So, I felt like a real noodle. <laughs> so the poor little noodle head. So I got on my bike, very cold in Melbourne, and I went to the, a pub, a uh, five-minute bike ride from me on Russell Street, which is open to 4 a.m. It's kind of an English-looking uh, English pub. And I went in there and I got in there at 11 and Honey Babe was like, what are you doing? You don't need to do this. I was like, you don't understand. I want to be where everyone is. It's the Wimbledon final. Everyone's watching that. And it's the World Cup final. It happens every four years. I've got to do it. But um, so I went, went by myself. I, there was no one there at that stage. And I was just sitting at, at a bench watching the Wimbledon final. It wasn't very good. Djokovic is smashing Anderson. And then slowly people kind of start flooding in and then it gets really crowded. And these Croatian guys, like, I hate this. This is a belligerent Burns. They don't ask, can they join your table? They go, hey, you don't mind if we uh, join your table, do you? you got plenty of room here. You don't mind if we sit here? And they, that happened about 10 times. Were you sitting and by like, yourself? Yes. Yes. <laughs> Nursing a big a pint of water, but I was drinking beers slowly as well. And I was well, just- You, did, you, you was, did have plenty of room, to be fair. I was depressed. I was basically depressed at this point because I was like, my phone was running out of battery. I was trying to read articles, like looking a bit at the game, but just thinking this is, this is a pretty depressing <laughs> thing in my life that I'm just by myself at this pub. And then more and more, and they're really obnoxious, this bunch of friends. Like they're just toxic masculinity. They're all talking about bucks parties and- uh, Fucking melons and- Banging chicks and- <laughs> No, they, talk, they were they were they were um, making comparisons between Zelich and the Optus, the person on Optus, the woman on Optus that does it, and they're like, "Oh, I like her better." And um, and I'm now because I went to because every time I went to the bathroom, I was like, "Oh shit!" Because I was going to the bathroom a lot because I was drinking lots of pints of water. I was thinking, "Oh fuck, they're going to take my seat," so I'd put like a little glove or something on my seat. And I finally I got back, and sure enough, they're all they've just taken over the table. And I go, you don't mind if I take my seat back? They're like, yeah. And now they're like, now they're, they're much more confident because I was gone for a bit. And so they're kind of like shouting over me. And I just look like such a loser. And I go, hey, mate, do you want to um, swap seats? I can swap seats with you because then you can talk to your mate. And he's like, oh, you can talk to us, mate. I was like, oh, no, it's fine. You, you guys talk to each other. So I was on the outside. But by the half time, I, I had enough. France had gone up a goal and I just thought, fuck it. I, it's 2-1. I, I think I've seen enough. And so I got on my bike and just left for the to go to bed for the second half because I'd had a few beers and I'd had a whiskey and I got on my bike and as I'm riding back to where I live in Carlton um, because I live above this shisha bar there's like a mob of dudes outside the shisha bar because it's half time and they watch they watch every night very loudly the World Cup and you can hear them all cheering and stuff a a mob a mob and I I didn't think of it it sounds like they're giving you the shishas mate <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't think any anything of it because there's often a lot of bikies and like scary looking dudes at the shisha mm. bar, mm. Comanchero kind of looking dudes. But I'm riding my bike and they're, they're all they're all laughing and they're filming something. And this is all a bit of a blur. But then 
quite a little guy, but a muscly little guy with a beard just comes out at me and starts going, fuck you, fuck, yeah, you fuck. And they're all laughing. And he's like chasing me on my bike. And then he grabs me while I'm riding. And like, it's the fight or flight thing. Like it was obviously flight. I'm on a bike. It's a perfect vehicle for flight. But I was like, all that came out of my <laughs> my mouth was, what the fuck are you doing, dude? <laughs> I called him dude. It is, And he, like they were laughing, but he wasn't. He had kind of crazy, uh, no empathy eyes. And he was like, you fuck, you fuck. And um, I, I, like I was running out of momentum. Like he was just kind of like holding my bike as I was pedaling furiously. And uh, finally he let me go and I just whooshed off and they were pissing themselves. And I was like, fuck, how do I get home now? Because like they're all, they're all just outside the alley to my house. And so I kind of rode around a little bit and then ducked back. I should have, I should have actually done the maths and just waited another 10 minutes because they would all were going back to watch the game. But I went a bit early and I came back and just very like slowly just like walked, like luckily not through them, but just past them through the alley and up. And uh, yeah, just um, went to bed. So you don't, th- there was no provocation towards that guy whatsoever that you can think of? No, <laughs> no, there wasn't, George. Did you wash unless, your hair like, before, fucking, unless- you, before you... <laughs> Did you have a lot no, of hair? Same noodle hair. Same hair. Yeah. Um, so, do you think he was just Maybe doing he just hates it? bikes. Right, right, right. And when he, grabbed, when he grabbed you on the bike, was it a bit like one of those in a cartoon or something where the wheels are going fast but they're not moving and he's sort of holding the bike and you're pedaling more furiously? Was it, well, that's what I'm well, imagining that, in my head. Yeah, that's, that's a good imagination, but that's not how bikes work. But, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't like go and go off really fast after. But I did... Yeah, like I was scared, and like I was, and then you have these fantasies afterwards of like, oh, I wish I had a, uh, you know, I wish I was a black belt and I could just like beat him up and then beat all his friends up. <laughs> but really, if I'd done anything, if I'd like tried Reta- to like push him, yeah, yeah, there's a chance that they would have all beaten me up. Or I was thinking, imagine if like um, all my best friends were cops, I could like just walk into the venue and just be like, is this the guy? And just drag drag him out. But there was. Very little I could do. I thought about ringing the venue and going, you guys are dickheads. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's so, a tri- yeah, that's a-, a tricky one. It does remind it, the when you had to walk past them, it segues into that that incident that I had in Newtown quite recently, which I told you about when- um, Oh, yeah. I was in a car and it's you turn, we're going to see Hereditary, which will tie in pretty shortly um, later on in our episode for our review of the week. But- um, we, it was just a, a laneway which you turn left into. It's a shared laneway, laneway. so it's 10 kilometres an hour, I believe, the speed limit. And as we pulled in, you can see the shared lane, 10 kilometres an hour, and we're driving along and these people are sort of out of the way. It's all good. And suddenly the guy just, just turns and jumps in front of the car and, and screams, slow, slow down, at the, like the top of his lungs. And I'm just like, whoa, dude. And like I would have been going 11 probably max, but I, I slowed down to, what, eight we kept driving. I was like, that was fun. And Georgie, my partner, was like, oh, of course, it was typical white. It was an older white male. Surprise, surprise, with his entitled bullshit. Anyway, oh, so- the we- worst. They're the worst. <laughs> That's what she said, basically. Which is fair <laughs> enough, because I've seen, unfortunately, she's copped it from um, often uh, men of that description, baby yeah. boomers. Anyway, so I-, I pulled into the right. I park. And unfortunately, once I parked, I realized we had to walk pat- past the guy and his partner and their- uh, 15-year-old boy. He would have been about, I'd say, 65. His partner, I'd say, around early 60s. And his their son, I'd say, about 15. 
with long hair. Very Newtown looking. She had a, a, a big scarf on, colourful scarf and a big um, overcoat. And I think it was like a cool sort of uh, roaring uh, 20s era sort of hat. And he and the guy who screened at us had like those Woody Allen-esque glasses. And he looked like he could play a clarinet in a jazz band or something. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was a weird experience. Because I've always empathised with, you know, those very Fremantle type vibe, left sort of mm. muso types. Anyway, so I get out of the car and go, oh. Have to Usually you'd have a couple of bongs with them. <laughs> something like that. Maybe a joint by a fireplace and then bash out some um, Bob Dylan and with some nice vocal harmonies. Anyway, so I'm walking down and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to walk past these guys. And the guy sort of just paused over his phone weirdly, the laser the other side, and the kid's just sort of looking the other way. And it's a bit really awkward. And as we're walking... Yeah. The guy doesn't say anything, and I, I'm, you know, you know me. I'm never one to mince yes. my words. I, I basically said, "Listen, mate, that was a bit full on. I was doing 11 max." And he goes, "Well, it doesn't matter. It's a shared zone, you know." And I said, "Well, look, we were doing 11 max." He goes, "Well, it's too fast." And I said, "Mate, why don't you have a, a hot cocoa and a lie down?" And so we keep <laughs> walking, and then the lady pipes up, and, and his partner, which makes me think it was actually her all along that was putting him up to it, and she she just pipes up with. Well, if you don't like it, you shouldn't be coming through here. And I, I said, okay. And then she goes, you know, if you don't like Newtown, just stay away from Newtown. We don't want your type here. Go back to where you came from. And I'm at this stage, I hear the don't wait. <laughs> I hear the don't go. Go back to where you came from. And I just turned and went, great. Thanks, Rednecks. Appreciate it. And we just kept walking. <laughs> anyway, Georgie only clocks. At light, and I turned to her afterwards. We keep walking and another 15 steps. And, and I, I turned to her and go, how's that? Go back to where you came from. And she goes, oh, my God, I think, were they being racist? And I think, you know, and she goes, and it didn't even clock. It didn't even, you know, she's never experienced anything like that before. So she was, and then she was just flabbergasted that someone would say something like that. Um, and, you know, it, it's not not the first time I've been exposed to it. But what really struck me as weird about it was, and it's because of the Newtown King's Cross effect, and there's been a few gay bashings and, you know, the, all, a lot of the, the King's Cross effect, which was it happened, which is the violence from um, people from the outskirts of Sydney coming in, partying, big groups of men, similar to the men, the groups you encountered yourself, John, on your ride back, have been sort of beating up people, especially um, there's been the odd gay bashing again. It's things we haven't seen for a long time. And I think, unfortunately, my reading was, and I'm, you know, I'm 85% sure on this, is that they were left, left-wing left racists. They were actually defending what they said, their territory, and they were reading me, I think, being of a darker skin colour, as being possibly someone from those outskirts who was coming they were in. They potentially not saying go back to uh, the country of your origin. They were saying go back to the, you know, Bankstown or wherever yeah. you've come in. Yeah, from. She, said, she said her words were specifically, we don't want your type around here. If you don't like it, don't come to Newtown. We don't want you in Newtown. Go back yeah. to where you came Sounds from. Sounds like... Sounds like Cronulla. Yeah, it's, well, whatever it is. It sounds the, like it's protectivism. They, they, they've got this this beautiful little inner Super West territorial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, like, I, didn't, I couldn't be bothered. Once she said that, it was no point engaging with them because you're not going to win anything. But the fact of the matter is I've lived in Glebe for 12 years, which is- It was like- your hot cocoa thing, though. It's not what you said, it's how you say it. I've seen- You, you, you have a, a certain knack of just infuriating people. Just, just the subtlest little uh, inflection. It, look, it wasn't great. And, and, but regardless <laughs> of, of all that stuff, the point of the matter is I haven't experienced left-wing racists before. And uh, yeah, that was a, a weird, a very strange thing to experience. And similar to yourself, Jono, and Georgie wanted to go back, but I, I just don't think there's any, there's no way, I don't bother engaging with people like that. You're not going to change them. And with the group of men you're talking about, there's no point engaging with them. As you said, all you could do is inflame the situation. The best thing to do is take your high ground as much as you oh. possibly can. Mine's 
let them walk way away. Way worse than yours. I, I was in a like almost beaten up in a, by a gang. Well, I don't, I, don't, to- I don't think we need to do a litmus test on it, Jonathan. <laughs> you know, there's, there's a point going, well, you know, someone's a nine on the, on the scale and someone's a four. They were, they were both unsavoury experiences. But the point of the matter is what we both came away from and, and taking something from Jamie Timoney last week yeah. is, you know, in certain situations, you, you can own up to things and you can take, things <laughs> into your matter, other, take matters into your own hands. I think in those situations, there was little we could do uh, short of inflaming the situation. Do you, do you know what that reminds me of? Just what? one of my favourite dodgy stories was uh, when we were when we went to Fremantle, Sydney, and um, you just chime in any time here. But because you're good at research and you you, you love you love a, a, a good deal, and you worked out that we could get a bus, a free bus, not only not from the city but from Glebe where we were living at the time, and we had a we had a group, didn't we? We had like fifteen yeah. people, uh, yeah. and um, we'd had it. We and it picks us up from a pub. It was a pub in um, on Glee Point Road. And so we, we had a, not a skinful, but we were drinking for a couple of hours. We get on the bus. It's all uh, Sydney Swan supporters, pretty much. And we're, we're having a great time. And look, I'll objectively say you were being very funny. You were, the funniness was around you at that moment. You were, you were in, in, in rich form. I, I won't pretty, even say rare pretty, form. I was pretty lick it up. I was pretty lick it up. Well, me. anyway, I'm not going to blame it on the liquor. I think you, or like, you know, say that it, that was what made you funny. You were just cracking funnies. And I thought, not in a disrespectful way. You just, your voice carries and we're on a bus <laughs> and, and uh, we're on, on the bus and we're heading, heading into uh, a, Telstra Stadium and um, this woman turns around and she says, she goes, listen, <laughs> you've been crapping on for the last half an hour and I'm sick of it. Shut your mouth. <laughs> and it was like being back at school. We all just went, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, I think she saw that we were about five minutes away from the game, uh, from getting to the game. But just as she said it, we hit bumper to bumper gridlock traffic. <laughs> and it took you about three minutes just to snap out of, you know, your your shame. And you just started just just whispering and mumbling that we're oh no can't say anything now sorry (laughs) no you weren't allowed to talk on the bus in stasi stasi russia (laughs) and then and you it just became like this you were just just absolutely triggering this poor little poor woman she she yelled at you for no reason and uh you could just see her just getting more and more beetroot red it was so funny and then like it was another 20 minutes i think the bus ride and she was just pushing her husband, say something, say something. He's like, I'm not fucking saying anything. <laughs> and then sure enough, when we got into the uh, car park, she had one more big spray for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't remember the content that I was saying that it was offending me so that. much. I think I, was, I think I was having a go at Sydney supporters not understanding the rules. I think I, I do remember I went back to that so well She took it times. personally. Yeah, she yeah, she yeah. internalised it. It was very funny. I think I was making gags about Sydney supporters not understanding AFL football, really, and um, she probably didn't, didn't like that very much. <laughs> Shut your mouth! <laughs> Quite an intense thing to say, and you really you you were backed up by a lot of friends. Like we, there was a lot of people that weren't going to really back her up. And go, yeah, yeah, shut up, to it. It's a very awkward. We were tra- laughing. Bus ride. It was a very awkward bus ride, and quite funny. It's full disclosure. The Jono and Dodge podcast. 
we did allude. I did allude earlier to what we what was I was doing on the uh, on the occasion. We did drive to Newtown, yes. and that was to see a particular film, and uh, we, that should segue nicely into our review for the week because we've both actually seen this one, Jono, which yes. is fantastic. This is a trend now. This is this is this is um keep, keeps on going. This is our second film together that we've seen together. Now, how would you oh. pronounce the title of the film? Hereditary. You wouldn't say hereditary. Hereditary. I'm going to go with hereditary. I'm yeah. going to lock that in. No, you're ding. right. Ding, ding. That's correct. It's. Uh, what are the, oh, I can't no. spell it. I definitely can't spell it. You spell it. Try and spell it. Don't Her- look at a screen. I'm not going to look at it. Hereditary. H E R. Red. Yep. E. Hered- no. What? Yes, Idiot. it is. It is E. I'm sure it is. <laughs> e. Red. D. Red. It. I T A R Y. I-T-A-R-Y. Yes, well done. You're quite good at spelling. Yeah, I, w- I won a few spelling bees when I was a kid. Mm. But you know, would you say insulate or insulate? Insulate. I say insulate, yeah. But a lot of people say insulate. Have you noticed that? Or insulation? Have you noticed that? Mm. Really, no, I mean, really annoys me. We'll have really, to ask Tom the Knuckle Drag. Really gets, <laughs> gets my goat. <laughs> anyway, moving back to hereditary. Um, I'm glad we got the pronunciation out the way. Did you enjoy the film? I enjoyed the film very much. You know I'm a real uh, wuss when it comes to horror films. Mm. Uh, we've seen a few together because Georgie likes them and I often watch them through You screamed through my once hand. when we watching Game of Thrones and some bats on the screen. <laughs> yeah, even more famously, when I went, um, I was dating a- Yes, um, this is a great story. <laughs> a Romanian in, in, when I lived in New York and uh, she was from, not from Trans, from Bucharest. She was, she was a tough cookie. And we went to see not even the original Japanese ring, but the remake with Tony Collette. And I, I really screamed. I screamed in it. And then afterwards, she said, "You know, in Romania, <laughs> the men do not scream." <laughs> and uh, she broke up with me. She broke up with you. Yeah. Spat yeah. on me, and then broke up with me. Yeah. yeah. So. In one version of that story, you not only screamed, you jumped as well. You jumped yes. in your in your in your seat. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, so, I, I take it. Yeah, they're very scary, and this was very scary, but it was also just incredibly well done. It's a very uh, well made film, and it's a, it's a it's a first first feature by this guy. Is that right? Uh, I'm not sure about that. Possibly, yeah. yeah. You, you tell me. But w- I had a friend vomit in a movie on a date once. He was so oh. uh, freaked out by it. You, you've never had that sort of visceral experience before. Not happened to me, but I went to Irreversible in a cinema. Yes. Uh, and that's a French film where there's a couple, a couple of really horrible things. There's a prolonged rape scene uh, for like, it's about 10 minutes. Monica yeah. Bellucci gets raped by this guy in, the, in a subway. And there's a, another bit uh, where a guy gets his um, head basically eviscerated by a, um, a fire. He gets fire his extinguisher? Head, head crushed. He gets his head extinguished by a fire extinguisher. Yes. Oh, cool. That's cool. Um, and a dude um, went, ah, and like went to run out of the cinema, but then vomited in the, like, <laughs> as he was running up the the, ra- the ramp and then slipped on his own vomit and, and fell down. And Jeez. I was like, did the filmmaker like send this guy to do that? Like, is that, that seems like the logical kind of next step that this film is so gross yeah, yeah it was yeah, why well, we was had that in do you remember that that vampire film let the right one in do you remember that mm. at all? We, I, I was that. were you in that cinema with me i was in the cinema with somebody and it just starts rolling up and it's, it's terrible but this guy just starts it comes like it starts the sequences start and we, we hear this no 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 i'm <laughs> looking around it's like is this a movie and he's like that's ah, terrible no it's awful it's awful <laughs> and we're looking around and they, like he this man starts thrashing around and walks out the cinema screaming he's like yelling in the outside the the theater and it goes on for about 10 minutes and then it finishes we just everyone just kept watching the movie and then when i came out at the end i said what is that and apparently it was a 
a war veteran who had um, uh, was PTSD. shell shock, shell shock yeah. essentially, yeah. and you know what, what we call now um, ADHD. No, it's not quite ADHD. PSP. Yeah, post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. Yeah, and, you know, he reacted that. But at the time, it was-, was it on something- Was it during something scary or was it at the opening credits? I'm, it was, it was something clear. scary. At the, it was uh, yeah, scary stuff okay. at the start. Yeah, yeah. That's a great movie, though, don't you think? That's I a think fantastic that's one. Of, one, of, I want, one I, of the better horror movies. Yeah, that's one we agree on. Do you know, because that's the one where um, there's a little girl vampire and this yes. guy's kind of looking after- He's in love with her. Yes. And that's what reminds sometimes reminds me of having a cat. Yes. Why? Because you think the cat could eat you at any stage? Or? Yeah. Well, it's like this wild animal that I'm like g- killing things for so they can eat. Like I feel like I've kind oh, of yeah. got that. It's a good analogy. Yeah. Good analogy. So, you know, that is a horror film of sorts, but this is a, a, a wonderful uh, horror film, I think. Just and wonderful. It, what, just, uh, just absolutely just, wonderful. Just, just, yeah, I don't want to be too effusive, but Ari Aster, you're quite correct. He is a first time um, filmmaker, uh, well, feature filmmaker, I shouldn't say. He's done some shorts before, but look, I think he's really nailed it with this. Uh, How did you go with it? Yeah, well, I, I did, I've read a few reviews and I do enjoy how it's a, a film in two two halves, like how it kind of, it, it's a real slow burn and it re- reminds me of a film that we've disagreed on the, in, and that, that I've kind of um, re, rejigged now that I saw that it got lots of good reviews. The, um, what was it called? The one with... with uh, Wait a second, you're saying, you're saying you turn around after you see a film, you, you change your mind on something once you see it's had good reviews? It, it does affect it does affect me a bit. Okay. Yeah. Well, it just shows that I'm not like rigid in my opinion. Well, yeah, it just shows you realize you have no idea sometimes. I suppose. Yes. What's the movie? Just say the movie that I. That I Don't look now. Movie. Don't look now was the film, and we we sat in a great screening at a, a at a wonderful um, theater on the, the North Orpheum. Shore, the yeah. Orpheum, Cremorne Orpheum, and you were visibly making vomit signs and and smelling <laughs> s- smelly, waving your hand across your face like someone had farted and pointing at the screen as it I was happening. It. I must have been in a mood. I must have been in a mood. But and that, I was like, it, it can someone that make film? that twelve year old sit down and shut up? I was always what I was thinking. <laughs> can let us enjoy the movie and. And lo and behold, a few years later, you're like, oh, it's actually quite good. Well, then why were you jumping around like a 12-year-old making fart noises near your nose and pointing at the screen? <laughs> I don't know. Oh. Yeah, no, it's, but it, this was better than that, mm. uh, Don't Look Now. Um, and it, it was doing everything it could, it felt, to unsettle you. Mm. It was using sounds. It was just getting you, getting you really ramped up to get terrified in the second half. And in the second half, it, this, this film, there was a m- moment in this film uh, the one moment where I actually kind of felt my heart uh, almost like explode out of my chest, like, much like when I got attacked on the bike last night. It was a similar feeling, yes. but very impressive that you can do that in a cinema screen where you uh, think you're safe. But you're not safe at all. Do you know the bit I'm thinking about? Do you, do, do you have a, a, a bit that was clearly the scariest bit in the movie? Uh, uh, well, um, is, it about, is it about three quarters of the way through? No, it's towards the end. It's basically a ten minute. The, there's ten minutes at the end, which is just balls to the wall. We're just going to scare the fuck out of you. Oh, right? I see. Well, I know I what you're talking it. about. Yeah, you're talking about the bit which channels um the the Exorcist a little bit. Yes, that absolutely. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it scared me then just thinking about it. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. an excellent cast. Tony Collette is the lead, and she um she really carries the film. Gabrielle Byrne plays her her husband, and he's really aged a lot. It's quite it's quite like confronting just seeing. You know, like an actor you like look really old. You, you agree? You're terrified of your yeah, mortality. I mean, I'd you say find that. people you know dying more, but yeah, sure, it certainly yeah. does. His, his face has been ravaged by alcohol. Yeah. And then there are two he, kids. Does, does he have an alcohol yeah. problem, Gabriel Byrne? Is that part of the but issue? He's Irish, you do the math. Uh, okay. So there's uh, Alex Wolf and uh, Millie Shapiro play the two children, uh, yeah. lesser knowns. Alex Wolf, I realised that I um, recognised him from Independence Day. 
not Independence Day, uh, Patriots Day, the excellent Peter Berg film about the Boston Marathon. He plays one of the terrorists okay. in that. And uh, Millie Shapiro, first film. Oh, she's very good, isn't she, Dodge? Yes, she is. And she was in Matilda, apparently, before that. So, you know, mm. she's quite versatile, apparently. Triple so threat. Ale- so, Alex Wolf, he's you sent him all the stuff. Is that what you're saying? Yes, yes. Yeah, he was cool. He's very cool. He's very cool. Uh, and uh, yeah, we, we don't want to give spoilers. We just, I guess, we should say you should see the film. Yeah, I mean, what the only thing I'll say about it, um, which I think is is really one of the the major attractions of the film to me, is it's it's one of my favourite themes. I mean, in terms of cinema, I'm drawn to it. It's probably a bit of a bone of contention between John and I, but I like films focusing on. One subjective view of reality and, and the blurring of reality and uh, perspective. You know, I like that sort of Rashomon thing, but also that Lynchian thing where, you know, where, what, what is reality? So that philosophical existentialist sort of stuff. And I, I think what's great about this film is uh, the premise or one of the major um, tenets of the piece is the director has gone out deliberately and said on the record, right, writer-director Ariasta, that everything can be explained as mental illness or as a supernatural horror. So when you plot the film itself, you can go back and you can read it as uh, the mentally ill and, and hence the title itself, Hereditary. And as we know more and more, or as science has told us, human beings are essentially the product of our, our breeding, our, our nature and our nurture, our social con- conditioning. And, you know, mental illness for that matter is now being linked heavily to your genetics and uh, certainly your um, events, environmental impacts, but most definitely there's a large genetic impact as well. So the premise of this particular piece is Tony Collette's family has had a long history of mental illness for quite some time and a lot she's been surrounded by a lot of death related to mental illness. And therefore, that's a, a really solid foundation for this exploration of what is what can be described as some horrific supernatural events in a sort of um, a Christian Satan-esque biblical sense, but also what can be read very clearly as um, really the onset of some extreme mental illness and I found that really fascinating about the piece so at the end you could almost you could just see that that it was Tony Collette just imagining this stuff you reckon? Not Tony, not 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 Tony Collette. At the end, oh, no, the boy. It's definitely the boy. And George and I have discussed this in relationship because there is certain sequences which you will see which do not make sense. Um, if, if you take the, the mental illness angle, there's certain events which don't make sense in terms of science because they are impossible unless it was supernatural. However, the reading you can take from the film is that they're viewed through the eyes of the mentally ill person when you're viewing them. Because what's very clever about it... Oh, he doesn't it, see the immolation, he, though. He doesn't, he doesn't see it. And the other thing is with the, all the characters that are, believe in the mental illness angle, uh, they don't ever acknowledge, for example, when something supernatural is happening. Mm. I think it worked. What I love about it is it's a film which um, stands up to analysis, quite, and and they they plot these little marks which can have clues about the supernatural nature very early in as well. Things you can need to look out for. Um, one thing which I'll point out straight away to the discerning viewer is there's a lamppost with a particular symbol on it when they drive to a party, and if you can, you've spot that, then you're on the right right sort of page in terms of your abilities to perceive film. I just think sometimes you just like really complicated things that don't make sense. That you just pretend that yeah, you understand no, no, in order to feel smarter than everyone else. No, it's not, not. I'm not pretending to understand. It just you just need to you know keep your eyes open and and, and well, you uh, can need to keep in. your eyes open at a film. Yes, absolutely. Unless it's very scary, well, and then not, you, not let your you mind, need to close ideally, your eyes. Ideally, not let your mind wander and focus on the film throughout. You know, and not start thinking <laughs> not about make too other many things. gestures. And, yeah, fair enough. You know, like not get when, angry at someone using eating, too much of the armrest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or someone's eating Maltesers hey, the on the right and that's giving you the shits. Or there's a by the way. By the way, at the Orpheum, where you're so upset with me, I remember you went, 
on multiple times to go get like popcorn and beers and things like that. So you might might not have been enjoying the film that much. You did, you, you went for one of your showy uh, exits and came back with lots of treats. <laughs> it was, in my defence, my, th- <laughs> my third viewing of a, a, one of my favourite films. So it's been well and truly in my locker, thankfully, for some time. And that's the reason Chris Honor and I chose the film was because we're big fans of it. So <laughs> that's why it's it was- when you're a bit annoyed when you go, more the reason Chris Honor and I chose the film- <laughs> That's that's you showing a little bit of disdain. Do you know who else? Speaking of good vo- vocal inflections, yes. uh, Lydia is in the film. She yes. has a very showy, um, showy not cameo, um, supporting role, and and she, um, you loved her in that. I thought she was exceptional. I thought she was a rich man's Kathy Bates, and I know that's controversial. A lot of people have a lot of time for Kathy Bates. I thought she was wonderful in Misery. Have you seen Misery? You've seen Misery, haven't you? I love Misery. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I like horror movies that aren't just super terrible, like without gruesome. That was pretty gruesome. I read the book too. No, Misery is terrific. You know, there was a Broadway play of Misery. Was it was it was it successful? I'm assuming not. It was commercially super successful, yeah. but um, I've heard her interviewed about it, and she was upset because she said there was a lot of gronks in the audience that just wanted to tick tick that bucket list of seeing in, um, a, a movie star on stage. They weren't theatre. They weren't proper theatre people. And and it was too much of a combination between the book and the movie. Yeah. So they kind of yeah. But um yeah um. Aunt Lydia was, yeah. I mean, I, I don't Dowd. think he can be a rich person's. No, uh, and because she's and, very and, rich. And Dowd is in Sydney in in Australia at the moment. So for all Whoa. you fanboys and fangirls, uh, what's she doing here? Uh, she's working on another project. I can't remember the name of it, but we uh, could yeah, get her I think, on as a guest. I think she's brilliant. I think she's brilliant. I've got a lot of time for her as an actress. And I thought, as I said, she was. This, I thought, blessed by far, be the fruit girls. I thought she was by far the scariest thing in the film. There, uh, her and Tony Collette. I actually, I shouldn't Selfish. say by far. Her, not by far. Selfish. But she was, Selfish girl. I think there's nothing more scary than someone that has warmth, <laughs> and she has a warmth matriarchal quality. And then the, if you just add a little bit behind the glint of the the, the kindness behind the eyes, you add something quite uh, Machiavellian or perhaps even sociopathic. Then that's a wonderful mix and one which is intoxicating to view in my she, eyes. So, she yeah. um she'd play a good nurse ratchet. I reckon oh, she'd she- be amazing in misery. She's just brilliant. I, yeah, it's like it's, I'm a big fan of Winslet. Well. I can't wait till Winslet trans, uh, transitions into playing some evil characters. That'd be fantastic. I think I, if Should I was her, that'd be a great career move. She's played. She's always playing so goddamn nice. Jonathan Dorch, full disclosure in the raw. raw, raw, raw. We've got a mutual friend who works in local government. Who his exit strategy, if he ever wants to get fired, he he's thought that he's just going to walk around impersonating Aunt Lydia until he finally just gets um, gets paid out. He thinks that that's his, his escape plan. Right. We could just quit. Couldn't he just quit? <laughs> but, but he's... Well, because you want to get paid out. But he's worried that, like, local oh, government course, is yeah. so... Is so like it's very hard. Now. It's very hard to get uh, to get paid out. I, I, totally. my, my stepfather worked in the in for the government service for a long time, and guys would just be sleeping on their desks, <laughs> literally <laughs> exactly. be sleeping, and they'd, they'd say it was um what sleep apnea. Sleep apnea. Yeah, I, I thought I had that. I yeah. wore the mask and everything. <laughs> in, the, in the in many films, would explain your readings on a lot of films. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, you know, and they would they wouldn't be fired. Uh, no, exactly. No, it's very hard to oh. fire people, but he's a boss. You can take a dump on your desk. You can be jack off in the <laughs> toilets. You can do anything. Oh. Oh, come on, Dorch, don't go there. What? You fuck a melon. <laughs> you, can, you can have noodle for hair. <laughs> the, um... You cannot wash your hair for weeks. Ask Jono. 
<laughs> What's Noodlehead doing? Oh, he's fucking a melon. Oh, Noodlehead. Somebody find Noodle. We can't get him. We can't get rid of him. Oh, he's done and out. Get rid of him. He's off. He's done Aunt Lydia. No, that's that's the final straw. Finally, Noodlehead's done Aunt Lydia. So that's his that's his his plan to get to get yeah. fired, Aunt Lydia. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's, that's selfish, that's- selfish girl. Uh, but he's worried that they'll just think he's um. You know, like he's transitioning or something, and so they won't do anything. No, seriously. It's got to that stage. They might, yeah, you're right, you're right. Yeah, it's just, it's incredible. I mean, look, as as he's pointed out, indeed, this whole movement we're heading towards has so many positives, but one of the negatives now is you mentioned, like, I was at a a barbecue for actors on Sunday, and someone sort of mentioned something about Me Too, and the guy looked around over both shoulders and said, I don't think we can talk about this. It's too dangerous. Like, I said, ooh, Stasi. Like, it's it's getting to that level. Shut your mouth. (laughs) I was was sick of it. I'm like, uh, are we on a list? Like, you know, are you on a list? You know, it's, it's, I'm, I know that I'm on a list for the record, but it's the list references why I'm making comparison to the Stasi. It's, you know, people are, people are very, we're very, very, it's hushed tones and people aren't sure about what they can and can't say. It will iron itself out. That's why we're doing a podcast. What's that? That's why we're doing a podcast. It's really smart. It's a smart time to do that. <laughs> Yeah, we just get it all out in the open. We're trying to trying to get it all out in the open. And on that note, I should probably move into my my full disclosure for the week. So this is about, as I said, opening our veins a little bit in terms of events. I think, fortunately, this one's pretty safe in terms of the Me Too movement um, because it's really about me being closer to a Darwin Awards type thing. The Darwin, are you aware of the Darwin Awards? We love those. Yep, yep. It was a book. Yeah, it's acts of idiocy by people, which is sort of a way of ironing themselves out genetically, uh, a way that, you know, in a Darwinistic sense that um, people that aren't really smart enough don't don't keep procreating. And I probably put my hand up as a, a primary um, example of someone that probably shouldn't procreate in the way things are going. <laughs> I probably won't. But Come in on, this mate. particular example- Just Keep it light. 2011, I'm doing a play, a wonderful Marquez play. I think you mentioned Marquez last week. So, I, I've been fortunate enough to be- I in didn't. A- I you definitely did. didn't. But what? yeah, magic realism. No, no, you, you did. did. I edited it. <laughs> you know what? What would I say about Marquez? You saw that play about um. Oh no, that was Lorca. Sorry, that was my Lorca. mistake. The Lorca. They're not no. the same person. Mate. No. They're not even from the same country. <laughs> One's a novelist. <laughs> yeah, you know. Can you, Lorca, can you say Lorca Marquez? Marquez is, can you say his full name? Malorca. Malorca. You know? <laughs> <laughs> can you say Marquez? First? Don't yeah. Google it. Okay, Gabriel Garcia Marquez. Right? It's, it's Gabriel, isn't it something like that? Is, is That's it? not the actor that you're talking about. But anyway, he. Can you, <laughs> He's a fantastic writer. Magic I, I love him. I love him. Time, love him. And yeah. time Ca- of Captain Corelli's Mandolin. It's wonderful. Oh, really he, didn't. Wonderful. <laughs> he didn't write that. That's a ridiculous <laughs> thing to say. Um, but he's, he's one of the heavy hitters and he did magic realism. Mm-hmm. And um, pretty much Salman Rushdie's favourite writer. Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, Simon Rushdie. Who can forget that? Um, <laughs> wonderful, wonderful scribe. So many tomes. Yes. Anyway, you're in I, one of I, his I plays. Anyway, moving right along, I was doing one of his plays, which was called <laughs> I Only Came to Use the Phone. And for the record, it wasn't a play. It was a short story which we adapted into a play, and it was quite successful. He's not a playwright. It was quite successful in many ways. And I think it was, I, I was very proud to be in that production. Um, using you my. You were good, mate. You were good. You did some magic. I did some magic. Some, I went to a magic store. And I was, you know, I, something I often do is I use my Eurasian looks to pass for a South American slash Spanish person. So that's another way I, I tap into that particular market. So I was doing that and I wasn't, didn't have a Spanish accent, thankfully, saved everyone from having to deal with that. And there was an actress in it. And this is 2011. I think I was freshly out of a long, long-term relationship. And, you know, I, I really fell for this actress. I thought she was intelligent, um, very talented. And we had a great rapport. She was lots of fun. And, you know, I thought it was... Um, 
yeah, I was, I was definitely head over heels. So we're doing the production. It's going well. Uh, but I'm very aware at this stage that sometimes I can be a bit smelly. And it's often been a bit of a problem <laughs> for me. Um, I think I do have minor BO issues. I had a girl in year five point out that I had BO. And it sort of, it has been something on my mind since then. She said I smelled like raw meat, which isn't something you really want to smell like. Um, and so therefore, you've got, you know, a, you've, got a, you've got a musk to you, but it's, I think it attracts girls to you. I think that's the thing. Like, <laughs> let's not go there. Look, it's anyway. It's it, it's it's a certainly distinctive odor, and so uh, during the we're going into the play and we're into the theater by this stage and we're teching. And I'm, I'm just really want to impress this girl. And, and, you know, I'm really worried about the fact that we're halfway through tech and I'm like, oh, I, I smell. And, I'm, and I've got to sit. We had love scenes where we had to make out and sort of roll around on the floor um, in a very theatrical fashion, as one does. Uh, and uh, we're playing. We're sorry. I'm just say we're playing partners. I'm playing a magician, and she's playing a woman who ends up in an asylum. It's a wonderful short story. If you don't, have, I, I entreat you to have a look at it if you get the chance. Anyway, did so, you ever uh, read it? Yes, oh, yes, I read. We, we did the whole production. We actually did the entire short story word for word, but we performed oh. it. So it was actually oh, the okay. entire so you short didn't story. Read it. You well, didn't no, read I, it. of course I read it before <laughs> we did it. Anyway, <laughs> point you? being, we're backstage and. Um, and I, I'm just about to go on stage, and I'm hyper aware that I'm, I'm not smelling my best. And I see, <laughs> I, I see. I'm looking. I'm, this is this is why. Often, some of the worst things that have happened in my life is when I'm just in a very short notice. I'm trying to get something done very quickly, and I make snap decisions. And this is an example. Yeah. I, I'm yeah. in the back of the theatre, and there is a scene in the play where someone lights a herbal cigarette. So there's a lighter there. However, I don't clock it as a lighter. It will become very clear to everyone if you see on our... It'll be on our social media and also I think even I'll, I'll Photoshop something in for the episode on our webpage. But I was looking... What I saw was a perfume bottle because, and in my defense, it was one of those jet um, per- canister uh, per- uh, lighters which has a, a gas amount of gas in the bottle. And it said on the, on the gas bottle, it said... What I read is Jebunel, because it was J-E-T-B-U-R-N-E, and then I think there was an R, so there was a burner, but I didn't see that. I th- I, what I did see, it was, and then there was a two, as in, but not two as in number two, it had two lines, as in um, the Roman italics for two, so it was mm-hmm. Jet Burner 2 on the lighter <laughs> but I read it what I could see Jebanel Jebanel okay so I'm like oh Jebanel that'll be that'll that'll mask my smell perfectly Jebanel like, oh, Fabergé <laughs> So I'm like, oh, th- you know, uh, this this wonderful actress who is a, a recent Niner graduate, she'll 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 see past my my raw meat smell with the the, the odor of Jebanel. So I reach for Jebanel and I'm like, wow, thank God for this. <laughs> anyway, so I pick it up, whack it up to my neck, put, press it down, and sure enough, this jet flame erupts <laughs> from the lighter into my neck, and I'm like, ah, <laughs> like it just, just erupts like like a rocket, you know. <laughs> I'm like, ah, ah, and I'm like patting my neck, like trying to, to put it out. And I put the little down, throw it down and realize what an idiot I've been. And then I have to go straight on stage. But well, this stage, it's my cue. And I'm out there and I'm sort of trying to, and my, I smell like burning flesh. I, now I smell yes. like burning flesh. Burnt meat. Anyway, it wasn't burnt meat. I got through it. She didn't, she didn't notice, but I don't think she ever knows. However, not only did I, I burn myself um, for the next week or two, and I was still in there actually in the wooing face, I had this like large sort of dark patch, a circular patch on my neck, which looked like I had some sort of disease. I, I dare say if you've ever seen- Oh, Philadelphia, the lesions. Phil- yes. Philadelphia it did look a little bit like uh, HIV lesions or something I had on myself. It wasn't ideal when you were trying to impress a lady. And it all came about because of the jet burner to Jebanel 
a mistake. I guess if there's a moral to this story, and we don't really bother with morals generally, but no. uh, obviously a stupid I've got a moral move. for you. <laughs> What's yeah, that? Yeah, what, well, don't don't steal other people's things. It wasn't. Your, it was never your perfume. It was a prop. It was, it was, your- a, it was a prop. Oh, okay. It was a prop backstage. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, but you—that's the thing. You you do just you you don't think you just grab things and just just uh, go for it. What in, you mean for me always? I just grab. <laughs> life, to, yes. it's not, it doesn't sound good at all. Okay. Like, oh, I don't I don't have any money. Oh, there's some money. <laughs> you just grab it. I've never done that no, before. I'm not very a very caveman. Very caveman in in that moment of like, oh, need need to smell good for a woman. <laughs> Anyway, it, it what's, back, what's your moral? It what's backfired, moral? pardon the expression, terribly. It lit what's your that, moral? Uh, my, my moral for the story is: um, look, uh, prior, <laughs> look, prior <laughs> preparation. No, I do. Prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. To quote one of my favourite phys-, phys ed teachers from high school, uh-huh. I think if you've got something, an ailment or an issue uh, which requires some work, if you have an Achilles heel, let's just say, mine hypothetically in a situation was an odorous. Uh, affliction, then ideally one should try and deal with that in a, a far more well-planned out uh, uh, course of action than leaving things to the last minute. And when we leave things to the last minute, unfortunately- You burn your neck. <laughs> did, you, did you catch on fire? Do you think you I think I did. I think not. Well, it was it, but the good thing is because it actually not only did it like the flame come out, but it also made the <laughs> noise. And it literally sounded like I'd, I'd put a flamethrower to my neck. Okay, half glass, glass half full. Here's my optimistic take on it. Imagine if there was a bottle of perfume there that was almost run out, and so you put a bit of that on, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh shit, it's run out. And then you picked up the Gibernet, mm. and and that you had like you basically had oil on your neck, and then mm. it, you would have caught on fire. Yeah, that's true. It could have been much worse. It could have been much yeah, worse. Yeah, I could have, I could have stumbled on stage <laughs> with your head on fire, like I sent out a backdraft, just going, ah, ah, just like frantically patting at my neck. So look, it could have been worse. You're right. It could have been far, far worse. But it certainly was a low point in, and often it seems to be for yours truly, and I think for a lot of us, some of our most memorable mess ups are in the course of pursuing someone we want to impress very much. And for me, like similar to your um in Russia in 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 Romania, men do not scream in movies story yes. it's often we remember those because um, we really wanted to impress the person and we failed dismally yes and you do have photographic evidence of this which is very exciting yes I will post that and you can see for yourself <laughs> I did post it shortly after it happened on my social media at the time and most people agreed that there's no there was a complete idiocy on my behalf it, to even think that that was uh, a perfume bottle but you can see <laughs> that it does look a bit like Jebonel to me um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what other people think I'm more than welcome to um, let us know your thoughts there was also the time I similar I posted on Facebook when I thought I used to shave cream but I thought it was a to- toothpaste and I I put that in my mouth and that was quite bad. But most people, again, pointed out that anyone should be able to figure that out. So, just failing at life generally. But we, we are on failing at life, but perhaps we should talk about something a bit more positive because we like to keep it light about succeeding in life. Talking about succeeding in life, you've got a new term which is uh, hitting the, the waves and online on mass. And it's a really about being <laughs> the ultimate success at life, it seems like, as far as I'm aware. Please in, in, inform us about BDE. Genuine George. Full disclosure. No holds barred. No holds barred. Well, I think, en- like anything on the internet, it's already had its its kind of pinnacle and it's kind of uh, started to deflate. But it's uh, it it was it was bl- blew up Twitter for a second there. BDE is big dick energy, and it all um, started when Ariana Grande, who's a Disney uh, star turned uh, superstar, um, Sh- Chantus, 
uh, tweeted about her fiance, Pete Davidson, who's quite a funny comedian from Saturday Night Live, having a 10-inch cock. And then she um, she quickly took it off Twitter. But then that really took took off. And I think a lot of people were already talking about it. It was um, also about um, who's the, the famous uh, restaurateur that, that just died. Bourdain. Yes. He, they say he has big, big dick energy. and it, But it, it doesn't really mean that you have a big penis. It more just means you have the energy. It can be... The reason it's people are getting away with saying it is because it's not really gendered. They're saying that uh, badass women also have big dick energy. And it's just kind of a nonchalance. Um, so, so, some of the, so Pete Davidson's kind of the poster boy for it. And um, interestingly, with, he was like one of the youngest ever Saturday Night Live guys. Have you seen him? He's just like a tattooed, tattooed dude. But he, um, his father was one of the first responders at uh, 9-11 and died as a fireman in 9-11. And um, he, that's kind of what he's famous for too. Um, but they also say, like, out of the the Chris's, you know, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pine, Chris Pratt, and Chris Evans, that which one would you guess has the big dick energy out of those four? Uh, I didn't know three of them. I think, but I assume Chris Hemsworth. No, they're saying he doesn't because they're saying like he's putting too much time into his muscles. They say Chris Evans, Captain America, doesn't give a fuck. Okay, he's the um, he's the one. But um, I've actually got um, I probably know less about this than most people uh but we've got a um correspondent ringing up to explain it to us give you more on it yeah because i'm not really on top of it all i do know is it's really incensed a couple of my feminist friends who think (laughs) they have no interest in it whatsoever so i hope this 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 caller can at least clear up some of the mystery because you know i I, i'm not even sure if it's really a term we should be interested in really do we want to peddle this uh, if it's a offensive terminology that's my that's my question Uh, hello. Hello. Dorji. Yes, yes. Who's this? Uh, hello, this is Ricard. Who? Ricard Dickens. Wait, wait. So is, is it R- Ricard is your first Ricard, name? Ricard, yes. Ricard, yes. Okay, okay. That's okay. right. N- nice to meet you, Ricard. You have some questions for me, Dorji. Yes, I, I, I've heard that you're um, an expert on this BDE terminology that people are banding around. Oh, yes, that's right. Well, fill, fill me in. Pardon the expression. Uh, yeah, well, uh, it's it's an energy dorji, you know. It's not uh, gendered or anything like that. It's uh, it is uh, something you have. You okay. don't have to have the dick to have big dick energy. Okay, okay. And, and and what sort of energy is it? Can you describe the energy? For instance, Rihanna. You know Rihanna, Rihanna dorji. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm aware. Rihanna, of Rihanna, you know she's hot, right? Yeah, I, want, I guess you. Uh, you you don't think she's hot, Rihanna? She's hot. Well, I guess objectively, uh, you Come can on, say... Come you're a man. Say it. Say, Rihanna, she's hot. Uh, Rihanna, she's hot. No, Georgie. Come on. You're a man. Feel it in your balls. Say, she's hot. Rihanna's hot. No, I don't want to feel anything in my balls. Say no, it. Come I, on, Georgie. Say it. Well, uh, Rihanna, she's hot. Yeah, That's yeah, right. Really, yeah. Okay. Go on. Yes. So, uh, many Canadians are uh, have BDE. For instance, uh, our president, uh, Trudeau, he has the most BDE out of any world leader. Because okay. he's the only one taking it to Trump. I see. Is he the only one taking it to Trump? Putin has BDE as well. They're the two BDE leaders, and Merkel has BDE. Okay. Okay. Good. Other Canadians? Ryan Gosling. Wait, are we, are we getting Ryan a Reynolds. Canadian theme coming through here? Are you of Canadian extraction? Yes, that's right. I'm from uh, Montreal. Okay, so is the theme of this that everyone from Canada has BDE, essentially? It seems to be Not something... Not everyone from Canada, but if you look around, let, I'll give you some more. Okay. Uh, Michael Bublé has yeah. BDE. Yeah. 
Who else could sing that shit music and get away with it with such a straight face? Michael Cera has BDE. Okay, yeah, yeah. Anna Reeves, Katie yeah. Lang, yeah. Jim Carrey has BDE. Yeah, I'm seeing connection here between Bieber. These. Yeah. The Sutherlands, uh-huh. Kiefer, Donald, Joan, oh, the, all have BDE. The Sutherlands made it as well. Yeah, yeah, it's fair enough. Actually, I think actually Donald Sutherland gets his knob out in um, Don't Look Now, famously. Do you like that film, Don't Look Now? I have not seen it. Oh, you haven't seen it? It's famous because it supposedly had a real sex scene in it, actually. You know, you can see the knob and everything, supposedly. You see everything. Yeah, everything, yeah. Is that why it's called Don't Look Now? No, that's that's not why it's called Don't Look Now. So, yeah, George, that's... Pop quiz. Who would you say has the biggest dick energy on Friends? <laughs> BDE on Friends. Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to lock in, uh, well, David Schwimmer? Incorrect, Georgie. But it sounds like his, 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 his name sounds like a penis. Surely that would Dave be the Schimmer, no. That would be a tricky one. That would be a, a clever. No, really. There's obviously one. Okay. Oh wait. I got this. I got this. Um, yes. Uh, uh, Courtney Cox. Oh, that's. I, I see what you're doing there. Yes, because of the what? Cox. Your name sounds Incorrect. like a penis. No, no. Okay. Uh, who, who you got Monica. for me? Who? Monica. Her name is Monica. Oh, okay. No, not her. Okay. Not Schwimmer. Who is it? You You have a guess. Oh, jeez. Uh, Matt LeBlanc. No, it is not Joey. Matthew P- P- Perry? Chandler, yes, correct. Guess where he's from? Canada. Canada, thank you. Neil Young, when he was singing Old Man, Take a Look at My Life, he's talking about his old man, his old fella. He's talking about his big dick. Pretty sure he's not talking about that. No, I don't think that's what he's talking about. So it seems like, despite you saying it's not gender, uh, it's not related to gender, how come in Friends you went for the, I know you went for the man there, Neil? Uh, there's a lot of things to be about strong male motif. No, I said Katie Lang. Yeah, but, yeah apart from Katie Lang, what about... Oh, sol- how, do you think, how do you think in Titanic she reaches all those amazing... Uh, uh, high notes. That's not BDE. That's that's Celine Dion. That's not Katie yeah. Lang. No, yeah. she's also Canadian. Yeah, but uh-huh. uh, yeah, but you are Ghostbusters. Uh, Who has yes. the most BDE in Ghostbusters? Um, I, I don't know. You tell me. Who's I, girl in it? Girl in it. She's from Canada. Okay, just yet. Yeah, I'm just trying, definitely seeing a strong Canadian motif. And look, you're more than welcome to say that you think that Canadians have BDE. Ian Reynolds. Yes. Yeah. Is, is he Canadian by any chance? Correct. Good, good to good to hear. Uh, Mike Myers, does he have BDE? No, I, I micro penis. Okay, they call him micro Mike. Yes, well, not all Canadians. There's okay, not all Canadians. Well, good to see. Well, so you've I don't unfortunately you don't really demystified what it is for me apart from reeling off a whole bunch of Canadians. Energy, energy, and is it, I assume it's a confidence. Is that what it is? A certain uh, a confidence and 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 surety of oneself and where one's going. Is that sort of what we're looking right. at? Right. Uh, can, and and is, it, is it a quiet confidence? You don't need to be verbose, I assume. Is that also part of it? No. Well, like Keanu, Keanu Reeves is a good example of Buble. No, yes, it is a, a suave nonchalance. Okay. So, you don't, you're not trying too hard, essentially. You can't be a try hard. No. You're not compensating for anything. Well, how does Carey have it then? Because he, he bangs on a lot about lots of things and pulls faces and is extremely expressive. Jim Carrey, of course, he has big dick energy. No, now he has big dick energy. He's what? grown a big beard. Oh, the he doesn't beard. Give a fuck. Oh, now okay. So not giving a fuck is a, is a large part of of BDE. Is that is that is that correct? Correct. Correct. 
Well, look, it's wonderful. I, I, I guess you have sort of sort of made things a, a bit clearer on it for me. Do you think this terminology will last, has longevity, this terminology? Do you think it's going to be something that's going to be around for a long time? Or, or what's your theory on it in terms of being a buzz term? Does it have legs, I suppose, is what I'm asking. I don't know. I mean, you could say it has three legs. Yes. <laughs> but that would just be a dick joke. Yeah, it would be a dick joke. And we're trying to do better than that, aren't we? That's we're right. We're trying to raise the bar, pardon the expression, here on, on full disclosure. Absolutely. And listen uh, w- listen out for Drake is going to do a track for you at some stage. Oh, really? I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. You know why I saw Drake's brought in millions of dollars of tourism to Canada? Is that, is that crazy? It's a bit like our mastermind down in Tasmania with Mona. He sort of really put Canada on the map in many ways. So are you a fan as a result? Oh, yes. We love Drake. We love all Canadians. Yeah. How, how? Yeah, great, great stuff, great stuff. Well, thanks, Ricard. Thanks for filling us in. Thank you, Dorji. Thank you, Jono. Bye. It's full disclosure. The Jono and Dorge podcast. All right, well, we should probably wrap up episode 13, Lucky 13. Uh, we've covered a strong suite of full disclosures yet again we've come across. We have such a, a large array to choose from. Um, I'm off to Splendor in the Grass over the next few days where I'll hopefully come back with some more good oil. And we do. Is this, what, are you there in your capacity as Duff Man? That's right. I am dressing up as Duff Man and dealing with 19 oh, yeah. old, drunk 19 year olds. <laughs> should be fun, lots of fun. Uh, right. But uh, we do definitely, uh, and we promised you a guest this week, but we definitely have a guest locked in for next week. Our first female guest, which we're very very excited about yes um as someone that is uh, multi-award winning and a star of Famous. stage stage yes. particular but also screen but it'll be a real buzz anything you want to sign off with Jono burns no just looking forward to that good to have another guest uh great chat into your big cat uh and um speak to you for episode 14 okay see you later folks later fans Sydney and Melbourne. It's full disclosure. The Jono and Dorge podcast. Jono and Dorge. Full disclosure in the raw.